Hello, you guys. I am just checking in real quick, and this is going to be an unexpected episode two. There will still be an episode airing on Friday during our regular time. However, I just wanted to stop in and do a quick checkup with you, and this is going to be pretty raw and pretty candid, but I wanted to make sure that you guys are okay and to give you a little heads up on what we're doing on our homestead during this time of panic, of um, sorrow, of um, you know fear for a lot of people. So stay tuned, and I hope you stick with me. I wanted to hop on a little bit earlier this morning before the family got up and things were going on. Um, but I didn't have the time, of course, with chores and just getting things done and, and starting the day. It, Of course, everything escapes you in that moment in time. What prompted episode two and an unexpected episode two was when San Francisco announced last night that they were um, shutting down the city that the whole city was going into quarantine. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to release a true panic across America and newsworthy for the whole entire world. And I thought this would be a great time for me to check in with you guys and to see how you're doing, to tell you how we're doing. And then on top of that, to really touch bases on what we've done to become prepared and what we really could have done a little bit differently and what I see us doing and altering and what we've learned in this process and time. But more importantly, I just wanted to see how you guys were doing. And I wanted to ask you guys to give grace to the individuals who are not prepared in any way, shape or form, who are not equipped to, to live this sudden, you know, quiet lockdown life. Um, and to really encourage you on how you can step out and teach people without having a platform like our brand or a platform like Homesteaders of America, or a platform, you know, like whatever it is, but you can actually, how you can actually impact your immediate friends by giving them the encouragement and the tools to living a homesteading life, regardless if they were living in the country or in the city or just in the suburbs. So stay tuned. We're going to just cover something like this real quick. And I just wanted to check in and just say that every single person in this world right now that I am truly thinking about you guys. And I'm just trying to really grasp the idea of how we can reach more people. And I think I've come up with it. All right. So what's happening in King County, Seattle, Washington right now? Um, basically, I was still working. I teach at a Christian preschool two days a week for three and a half hour segments on Monday and three and a half hour segments on Wednesday and I teach one class. I teach the young threes class. Um, at that moment in time, prior to yesterday, we were planning on uh, still attending and working. Um, schools have been closed as of last week, Friday um, in, uh, in our areas, but the teachers were still planning on going to classes. We have plenty of work we had to do. And then on top of that, we were going to do online Zoom classes just to give some kind of um, regularity to the parents and the teachers. Most of our um, parents come from India. So we wanted to give them a sense of just calmness and a sense of just having something regular for their children. And it was a great idea. It's a great idea. And we are still doing it. However, yesterday, our director decided that it was probably best that we no longer work at school, that we were to come home and just Zoom our classes from home. And it, that that was great. It hit home. You know, I love working from home. That's what I do anyways. And, um, and in that process of her saying that, I did recognize the fear 
that I saw in a lot of our teachers' faces in that time. It was um, great. We're working at home. It was just a sense of relief that we didn't have to come in and just that they could stay at home and be with their families and just monitor their children a little bit more because there are only two of us, three of us left that actually have children at home. And um, everybody else has their children's, their empty nesters and their children have moved on to college and careers and whatnot and the families of their own. However, the three of us, because our children were out of school, we wanted to actually be home and to help them and monitor them just a little bit more. Um, I do not homeschool. My children do attend a public school. So I definitely wanted to keep an eye on them. Um, so that was that was what was happening at our school. In the community, oh my gosh, um, if you had to listen to my podcast with Melissa K. Norris that we had done maybe two weeks ago now, maybe a week ago, I don't even remember, Um you would have learned that the the emotions in the community right now are kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Um, you can go to a market and it's completely empty. Um, you, you know, you can go to any store like a Target or a Walmart and it's completely empty. And mind you, I'm not going to these places. I'm just literally running and grabbing what we needed to make sure I have it on supply and I'm out. People aren't looking at each other. People are barely, you know, making eye contact. And, you know, Seattle is a pretty friendly state, you know, and um, to see this is just a, a true validation that these people are scared and that they would rather just grab their stuff and go. Um, there were a couple of individuals that you could tell were just trying to get out of the house and they were just leisurely shopping. And um, most of them were younger couples without any children. So that was, you know, that that was their business, not mine. I grabbed my stuff and I went out the door and, um, I just made do with what I needed at home at that, that point in time. So you see it, you see all the emptiness everywhere. And especially in a city like Seattle, who's it's always hustling and bustling fast paced. Everything is eating out. Everything is, you know, barely home cooked meals. Uh, they have busy families. They're all majority of them are executives. Um, the ones that aren't executives are, you know, they do go to the market, they buy their food and they continue on with their lives. But to see Seattle in a state that it is, it, it's just incredible to see how people shift. And the longer this happens and the more information that's being released and the news media that's sharing things, We've really seen people go from happy-go-lucky to truly unsure of where they're at. Um, so right now, as of standing, um, much like yours, our, our the schools in our areas are closed down. Um, uh, they will be closed down until the end of April on this. And then on top of that, you know, the, the quarantine in regards to uh, event sizes um, now, as of yesterday, restaurants are closed. Anywhere that sits to eat is closed. Um, so you can actually, you know, if you wanted to do uh, uh, fast food, the fast food drive-ins are open and that's it. Um, certain source grocery stores are only allowing up to 50 people at a time into the market. They come in, they get what they want, they leave, and then they'll allow another person in at this point. Um you know, it, it is one of those things. Um, our public libraries are closed here as well, too. And, um, you know, I think with the, the, the as things start closing in King County is when people start to become more fearful. You know, before when it was everything was still opening, school is still going in session and whatnot. People did not really stop and think that there was there was actually something occurring. And, um, but as things are closing more and more places are closing and, um, as the state is, um, mandating these closures, people are starting to realize what's going on. And now they're like wondering, um, 
I'm not even going to bother addressing the hoarding situation. I'm not going to address the panic situation. I am only going to say this is that fear does crazy things to people. People aren't hoarding for the sake of, I'm just going to hoard it. There are some that will hoard it and sell it online, you know, at a higher rate and whatnot. But people who are fearful will do that. And that's something that we have to just remember. If they're afraid, they're going to hoard. Um, they, that's what they do. You know, I don't fault these people. I do fault the ones that hoard and resell, but um, I don't fault the ones that are actually hoarding it. I know some of you guys are probably going to just look at me with, your, you know, not agree with what I'm saying, but in truth, in a mass hysteria that we have done three weeks prior to the rest of the country, it is something that I, I truly believe, you know, the Justin and I had ran to the market just to grab, I don't remember, oh, something, a vegetable or something like that, because, you know, we're out of season. And um, when I walked by, he goes, oh, why don't you grab another roll of toilet paper? I think we're down to a couple rolls. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't find the toilet paper. <laughs> Justin goes, babe, I think it's because of the COVID-19. I'm like, no way. The store is remodeling. It's probably because of that. So I went to ask the person. I was like, where's your toilet paper? He goes, we don't have any. And I said, oh, did the truck not come in? <laughs> He's like, no, we're sold out. I go, how do you sell out of toilet paper? And I'm like blaming the store for being unprepared and whatnot. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, um, yeah, it's because people are panic buying at this point in time. So I was like, oh, okay. And, he, and then, you know, there was like a couple of like, you know, those really cheap ones that don't even last very long. And I was like, okay, I'll just grab that. And I'll, we'll just go about never got restocked of it again. And then as I started to walk around the store, I realized, oh my gosh, they're out of everything, everything. And so that's how it is. So emotions play a huge aspect into this. You know, we all have someone that we worry about. I have my parents who are elderly. I worry about them you know, and I'm there in Florida and I'm in Washington. There's no way that I can help them. Luckily I have my sister. That's only 10 minutes from them who has been really helping them out and keeping an eye on them. Um, and then on top of that, you know, friends, friends who did not stop and think that this was something that was going to progress. I now see panic in their faces and it just, it's devastating to me. It truly is devastating to me. They don't homestead. They don't live this life. So it, it really plays on my heartstrings. Um, truly. And, um, and I think that from looking in as someone who is prepared and organized, and I'm going to say the word organized because, you know, it takes organization to live our homesteading life successfully. Um, it, looking at individuals that are, aren't, it, it truly pulls at your heartstring. It truly, truly does. Luckily, luckily, as homesteaders, you know, over the years, if I was just starting this journey, it would be a different story. This was year one of our journey and COVID-19 um, ran rampant across the world. This would not be a, a conversation we would be having because we wouldn't be prepared. You know, we wouldn't have a pantry full of home canned foods. We wouldn't have a freezer full of meat. We, you know, we wouldn't have, um, you know, supplies on hand of what we would normally have. Um, so I cannot address this for everyone, even year two, I think that I would say I would not be equipped for something like this. Year three, yes, we're getting there in that moment in time. Um, my original podcast, my first one, episode one, talks about where we were in year one, two, three, four, five, six, and now seven. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it, and it will show you like where we're at in that moment in time. So now I can sit back and say, okay, I'm prepared. I am making, I can make do with everything that we need, truly everything we need. Um, you know, you know, the fun stuff, you know, we could still make, we could still bake cakes. We could still, you know, do a lot of that stuff here at home. And, um, I don't really need the market for that. I can make bread. 
we have potatoes, you know, we have, you know, our, our, our cold storage is running really low. However, I do have some frozen veggies still left, not a lot, but just enough, you know, and unfortunately it's happening right now where everybody's storage is kind of like running down a little bit. Um, pigs are first getting harvested right now, kind of thing like that. So, you know, what are we at? We have enough flour on hand and things like that to continue to make bread, pasta, whatever we need to do. Um, desserts even, uh, you know, the, the sugar is here as well too. These are things that preservers always have on hand. I always have that. I always have a salt on hand, um, you know, with the pickling or the fermenting and whatnot. I, you know, so those are things. So what, what do we have for sure? Flour, sugar, salt always, always, um, even black pepper, whole peppercorns, because, you know, I like to season my ferments with, you know, a nice whole peppercorn. On top of that, what do we, um, what do we don't have? I don't have dried milk, um, which is ridiculous. So Justin today is going to be picking up milk so I can dry some milk in our freeze dryer. Um, the other thing that I have on hand, you know, that is necessity would be enough wash to make, you know, to be able to wash our clothes you know, not a big deal, but that's what we have. Um, on top of that feed, we have enough feed. Our poultry team completely free ranges. So we have enough feed to give them a little bit of a supplement and forces them then to fully free range to um, gather what they need, the grass, the bugs, the grubs, everything that they need out there. Um, we do have enough on hand for our broiler birds. We have 35 broiler birds sitting in there right now. I have um, Delaware and Hans getting ready to come in for McMurray Hatchery. So we do need to maintain a feed source for them, which we have. And then we also have grass for our goat and rabbit team, um, the orchard grass. And, um, you know, those are things that we had to pick up additional. Um, as far as food goes, you know, the basic necessities for where we're at. Um, I don't worry about it because of the fact that I always put up a little extra of something else just in case. Justin works construction, unemployment sometimes happens. And so I wanted to make sure that we were, you know, always, always there. There was a point in time when we lived in town before we started this journey that Justin was unemployed for six months. And um, it was it was hard. It was hard for us. We had a family of seven living in the home. Uh, a family of nine, I'm sorry, seven children were in the home and um, we were living basically off an unemployment. I, you know, I had decided that I was doing a part-time job in that moment. And so after unemployment and part-time work, we were able to make do and get by, but I didn't want that situation to happen as a homesteader. So, you know, just your basic necessities that you have, there's going to be a blog coming out um, on my website here this week. That's going to tell you what your basic necessities to always have on hand. Justin loves dried milk. I don't understand it. He does. He loves dried milk. He also likes dried potatoes. So to have those items on hand at all times is great. I do have dried milk, but only one box because sometimes if I want bread to be, you know, to be prepared and rising, sometimes I'll put it in my bread machine and just bake it in the morning and I want to add milk to it. It's there. So, you know, those things. So so check on my website and come back and you'll see a full list of basic items that you need to um, have on hand at all times that you wouldn't even think that you really need. So take, take a look at that. Um, I can sit back and say that my family, if I made no trips to the market at all to, to grab anything extra, we can get by. The only thing that I wouldn't have would be rice. And, you know, we are an Asian family. Um, so I... I have gone to the market and we have grabbed enough rice that could get us through, but at least a month and a half. And, um, so that's, that's nice for us. Um, everything else I didn't really need. It was just basically the rice that I needed. Um, I make my own coffee creamer. So I have enough stuff that would do that. I can make that. And, um, 
So there wasn't really truly much on that list. Now, if you were to run out right now, prior to the shelves being empty, I would always tell you, always have flour on hand. Go get a 10-gallon 10 gallon container, food grade container, and fill it always. You know, put your flour in there and always have it and work off of that. Don't reserve yourself to buying, you know, a little bit of flour at a time. We do not mill our own flour. I have at this point said, <laughs> I am going to mill my own flour from this point forward. I'm going to get the wheat berries and I'm just going to do it. Um, it's the skill that I've always wanted anyways, and there's much more nutrition in that. So I'm going to do that. If you are not keeping, you know, a sourdough starter, get one. I have a great connection for my friends, um, the Aldermans. Uh, Patty actually has a beautiful ebook that I'm going to be offering to you guys um, coming up here um, on how to work with your sourdough starter and some amazing, amazing recipes. I mean, and her starter is beautiful. She dehydrates it herself and she just sells the starter. So if you do not have one, get one. You can actually make your own starter if you wanted to. You can capture the wild geese that's out and about and make your own starter. But if you want to support a small business, my friends, the Aldermans will actually have a starter for you, plus an amazing cookbook. And and it's um, if you would rather have an ebook, she's allowing us to sell her ebook at um, a very small amount for this. So stay tuned. That's coming up as well, too. Um, flour is great to have on hand. Sugar is always great to have on hand. You do not want to go into preserving season for the first part of the year and possibly not have anything because you do realize that if the um, trade overseas should stop for an extended period of time, we may not get restocked on a lot of items. So always have a 10 gallon container of sugar. We're going into preserving season. You should have it anyways on hand. If you can get honey, I'm going to tell you, honey, grab your honey, your local honey and keep a couple gallons of it on hand. It doesn't go bad. Even if it crystallizes, it can be placed next to the wood stove to slowly um, lose that crystallization and then go back into its true raw form. The other thing I would suggest is always keep powdered milk on hand. Always, 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 always. You're going to need it at some point in time. It's a, it's it's one of those things that you're going to want. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of what I have that I needed to have. The flour, the sugar was the most important for us. Um, you know, we raised our own meat. So that was always in the freezer. Um, you know, just your basic perishables. I mean, something as simple as shampoo. If you wanted shampoo at that point in time, have a couple of bottles on hand for the couple months that would lapse. You know, things like that. Again, a full bog is coming. So, you know, I just wanted to touch bases on that. The last part of this video what have we learned? All right, that's it. That's what I have, a completely unscripted, I just needed to just talk to somebody kind of podcast. And that's what I did. I hope the one thing that you did get out of this podcast was the last bit of it of just utilize the platform that you have available, your Instagram account, your Facebook, your Twitter, um, whatever it is to continue to teach people and to soothe them in it. The most people that are going to get impacted by what we do in the everyday lifestyle that we live are the ones that are going to be on your Facebook page, especially the ones that do not live the life that we live. Remember that. I can't give you tips and tricks on how to grow a platform or how to create a brand. Um, I'm, I'm working on that every single day. But what I can tell you is how to impact the people that are on your private pages. And that is something as simple as, like I said, sharing a recipe, doing what you need to do and um, giving tips and tricks on something like that. Um, 
And by all means, give grace to the ones who are afraid. Give grace to them and just know that this is not something that they intended. They are unprepared for it. And when people are unprepared, they are scared. So just give some simple grace. Um, use the hashtag teach don't preach because believe it or not, it is growing. And what you can do with something like that is to just continue to share, you know, I, I will never share pictures of my chickens on my private page, but I will from this point move forward with sharing recipes, tips, tricks on how to get things done. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Give a recipe for homemade bread, give a recipe for homemade bagels, give a recipe for homemade jam, whatever it is, you know, how are you going to cure your corned beef? How simple it is to do something like that. If you need that recipe, it's on my website, you know, things like that. It's time to use our lifestyle to benefit and help others. And it, you don't have to have a platform for it. You don't. So that's it, you guys. That's all I have today. I'm so glad I was able to just get this off my chest. I try to be as scripted as possible. And obviously I strayed from it. Um, but join me back on Friday for our regular scheduled podcast. And um, until then, you know, just keep grace with everything that you have and um, try your best to just be patient with the ones that are not as prepared or are not as, you know, equipped for a situation like this. And um, I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Have a great week.